Welcome back. Tis the season to get your car ready for winter. And who better to help us do that than the car doctor? John Paul from AAA Northeast is joining us again on the program to talk all about uh, travel-related issues. Hey, John, nice to uh, virtually see you. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here. Always appreciate the opportunity. We're getting wind and rain uh, right here in the greater Boston area, but not too far off. It's snowing uh, to beat the band, so it's a little uh, harbinger of things to come. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to say, John, what do we need to do right now before the snow hits? Uh, stay home. <laughs> or go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really is. It's all about preventative maintenance, and a well-maintained car should be able to get through winter without any real problems. But that being said, um, you know, we probably do 350,000 jump starts every winter time. So uh, making sure your battery is in good shape and especially where people aren't driving quite as much as they used to, although they still are. Um, you know, sometimes batteries are getting discharged because people's cars are sitting a little bit more than they used to. Uh, so make sure your battery's in good shape. The average life of a battery here in New England is about five years old. Uh, that's typically what we see when we start replacing batteries. We have some that can go seven, eight, nine years, and we have a, a few cars that we see them, they get replaced every couple of years. So, but the average is about five. When the weather, when the weather changes, when the temperature drops, when, the, when it gets to about 32 degrees outside, your battery loses about 30% of its capacity, and that's a good battery. So that battery that might have been 700 cold cranking amps, all of a sudden is 500 cold cranking amps, and that's a good battery. And in the wintertime when we get those sub-zero temperatures, which we do every once in a while, uh, it takes about 30% more energy to crank your engine over. So you have this battery, if you have a battery that's sort of marginal and you've lost a third of the capacity when it gets cold and then all of a sudden you need another third more energy to get the car going, chances are your car isn't going to start. So replacing the battery, if it, if it shows up marginal, is money well spent. And always put the best battery you can afford in your car. Don't, typically what happens, cheaper batteries don't have the same capacity as the original battery did. And the other thing is, when it comes to, say it's a cold day and you got a jump start and the tow truck driver said, yeah, you should be all set, you're good, you know, the car's running fine. Couple things. First off, your car is really not designed to fully recharge the battery. It's designed sort of to maintain it. Uh, the second thing is that jump start just cured the symptom of the car not starting. So if we get three or four days of really cold weather again, and chances are your car's not going to start again. So making sure the battery's in good shape is really important. Make sure the engine coolant is good. Uh, it used to be every other year you'd replace the antifreeze in your car. Now we're seeing five and 10 year, and even in some models, what they call lifetime antifreeze. Um, still, it can get diluted, it can get dirty, it can get acidic. Uh, so getting it into a repair shop where they can check the antifreeze is important. Making sure the engine oil is in good shape. Um, changing oil sometime around this time of year is, again, money well spent because uh, oil gets condensation in it. That condensation can cause lubrication issues, but it can also cause the engine, the oil to get kind of sludgy, which makes it harder to start. And finally, um, tires are so important in winter weather. And 
you know, if you live, you know, in, in the Quincy area, you know, will all-season tires do everything you need them to do? Probably. A good all-season tire with good tread on it will do about 70% as well as a winter tire in three or four inches of snow. But if you're somebody who likes to go skiing in the wintertime and travel up north and travel out to the western part of the state where we get a lot more snow, good winter tires, a set of four winter tires is much better. It will give you much more traction to get moving, but it'll also give you good traction for stopping. And as inconvenient it is when you can't get out of your driveway, it's way more inconvenient when your car won't stop. So, you know, make sure you have good tires on your car. And again, winter tires. The other thing about winter tires, the rubber compound is formulated in such a way it works better in cold weather. So even when it's drier out, um, those winter tires act a little bit stickier than conventional tires do. So that helps. And lots of windshield washer. You know, it's these days like today where it's kind of rainy and slushy and can get you know, your windshield gets messy. Sometimes it seems like I have my finger on that windshield washer button more than I do anything else. Mm. And you can go through a windshield washer pretty quick on today's cars. So make sure it's full and keep an extra gallon of it in the car. I know years ago, um, it was always suggested or recommended that you uh, let a little air out of your tires in the winter. Uh, that way it gives you more traction. Is that true? Not really. Okay. What? And it was actually... Le the idea, if your tires were a little softer, they would kind of float on top of the snow. But in reality is, when the snow's all packed down, you want the tread to dig in. And when you let air out of the tires, the tread doesn't dig in. The tread actually closes up. So it, it's, it's better. That's what, you know, people that go out on the beach with their four-wheel drive vehicles, they air the tires way down. They bring them down to, like, five pounds of air right. because you're sort of running on the sidewall at that point. And that would be the same thing in the snow. But yeah, keep your tires properly inflated, open up the door, look at whatever it says, 32, 34 pounds, check them once a month, use a tire gauge. Even if your car has um, tire pressure monitors, it still makes sense to use a tire gauge uh, because those monitors sometimes don't work perfectly. And a lot of times they don't work when the temperatures get really cold. So. I know years years ago too it was uh, you know put cinder blocks in your trunk or or sandbags in the in the tail bed of your pickup truck uh, for added ballast. What do you think? Um, sort of. Okay. Um, if you know if you have if you have a typical front wheel drive car, putting weight in the back is only going to take weight off the front. Ah, okay. So that made sense if you drove a you know, Crown Victoria or an old Buick Electra or something like that. <laughs> I'm showing my weight. age here, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, putting some weight in the trunk didn't hurt. A, a two-wheel drive pickup truck, if you could, and I, I don't like to see things slide around, but if yeah. you could build like a little frame in the back of your truck and then you could put, you know, 200 pounds of play sand in bags or something in the back, that extra weight over the rear axle is going to give you more traction okay. without a doubt. All right. Um, you know, sometimes if you, the weather's really bad, you know, as you're shoveling the driveway, shovel the snow in the back of the truck. Hmm, okay. At least that, you know, it's going to give you a little bit of weight, and eventually it's going to melt, and it's going to turn into water, and it's going to be fine. So, yeah. and the other, speaking of snow, and, uh, you know, if you're, if, you know, when we do get some substantial snow, please clean all the snow off your car. Yep. Um, it's a lot of right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, people still do it. I saw a picture 
um, of that little snow we got a while back, and it was somebody had a foot of snow. You know, I don't I don't know how they got that much snow on their car, but they had a lot of snow on the roof of their car. Clean all the snow off the car, clean it off the headlights and the taillights and the license plates. You're responsible for that snow that comes right. off your car. Right. So. Speaking of snow, um, just this morning I heard a story uh, uh, involving AAA actually with. Uh, snow plows using green strobe lights now instead of the yellow ones. Is that something that you think is going to change around the country? I, I think it, we're starting to see different color lights for different reasons. So mm -hmm. green lights on snow plows. We're also starting to see some blue lights in certain parts of the country on tow trucks huh. uh, to give the tow trucks, you know, people pay more attention to um, a blue light than they do to an amber light. So we're starting to see that. I think New York just passed a law that allows uh, a blue light on, on the truck. To, again, it's one of those things. And, and, you know, we talk about what you should do if you see a snow plow. You know, you, you want, first off, you want to stay away from it. Mm -hmm. But there's always the people that try to, you know, the snow plow is going too slow. I'm going to go buy it. And, you know, unfortunately, what they usually end up doing is they're in the lane that hasn't been plowed yet. Right. So they zip over into the high speed lane where they haven't plowed yet and it gets really slippery and they end up in trouble afterwards. Right. So let the snow plows do their job. Okay. Good advice. Yeah. And uh, obviously, some defensive driving tips, John. Uh, maintain your distance and, and yeah, snow. absolutely. Yep. You know these things don't change. And one of the things is sometimes when it's snowing, we get nervous and we just you know we get the uh, we get our hands on the wheel. You know, kind of a death grip on the steering wheel. Relax a little bit. Drive the way you normally would. Two hands on the wheel. Get your eyes up and look way down the road, though. You want to be able to anticipate things. Sometimes as we get nervous, we tend to, our eyes tend to drop and we're looking right in front of the hood of the car. Mm -hmm. We can't make corrections fast enough when we're doing that. So get your eyes up, look down the road, leave. You know, Normally in good weather, we tell people to leave um, three seconds of following distance. So when the car in front of you goes by, uh, a fixed object, it should take you about three seconds to get to that same object. In wintertime, in snowy weather, you want to leave double that. You okay. want to leave six, seven, eight seconds of following distance. And again, keep your eyes up because you might see something half a mile down the road, a car that spins out, and you can start to react to it way earlier than the people that are just looking right in front of their bumper. Mm -hmm. And if you ever see a slow motion chain reaction crash it's a series of brake lights that come on and you know if you're seeing that first car's brake lights come on rather than the one just in front of you you're going to be a lot safer because of it so leave that plenty of room and the other thing is nearly every car on the road today has anti-lock brakes yep. anti-lock brakes don't let the car skid when you step on the brake but more importantly they let you slow down and steer at the same time where you know Prior, before anti-lock brakes, people kind of jammed on the brakes and hoped for the best, and you know, or they'd pump the brakes, or they'd you know do all kinds. Anti-lock brakes, just step on the brake pedal. Um, I like to say to people, stomp and steer. Just step on the brake pedal and try to steer the best you can um, in that type of situation. If you're going around a corner and you start to skid, take your foot off the brake and let the car gain control and anybody who ever took driver's ed probably learned you know steer in the direction of the skid right you know that was you know that was the right answer on the test you know steer in the direction of the skid but then you say what does that really mean and people go uh, i don't know right. steer in the direction you want the car to go okay so take your foot off the in this case take your foot off the brake look and steer where you want the car to go and looking is real important because if you're focusing on 
the uh, the big tree or the car in front of you, you're going to tend to steer towards it. So look where you want the car to go, and your hands will tend to follow it. Um, and in all the time, but especially in inclement weather, make sure you have your headlights on. Keep your lights on all the time. Daytime running lights are nice because they light up the front of the car. They don't light up the back. In bad weather, turn your headlights on. Let be you know be visible. Uh, see and be seen is really yeah. important. Another interesting law here in Massachusetts: uh, when your windshield wipers are on, you have to have your headlights on. So that was just yeah. And that was, that was kind of a funny one because we've had that law forever. Oh, but we never had it simplified. Okay. It always said, you know, leave your headlights on, turn your headlights on in uh, poor climatic conditions. Mm. And the law has been there since, I think, the 50s. But finally, someone said, you know, Massachusetts should have a law that requires you to have your headlights on when your wipers are on. And they passed a law that we already kind of had, um, but it just brought more clarity to it. So it made a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, question for you, John, on behalf of a viewer who was uh, facing a pretty uh, hefty service bill at a dealership, wondering if they should uh, avoid the dealer and go to an independent repair shop for a routine service. If it's routine service, absolutely. A, a independent repair shop can certainly do the same work that the dealership can do. Typically, they can do it a little bit cheaper. Studies show that it's somewhere between uh, 15 and 20 percent cheaper going to an independent shop. Hmm. Um, as far as warranty issues go, yeah, that's what I was going to ask um, about. Yeah. If it's things that if if it's things that are covered under warranty, obviously go to the dealer. Okay. If it's just maintaining the warranty by making sure you know the dealer might say, well, you have to do your oil change at 5,000 miles to maintain the warranty. You don't have to go to the dealer for that. Okay. You just have to have it done and document it and use the right stuff. You know, use the use quality. You know, if it's an oil change, use quality oil or quality oil filter. But you don't. It's not required to go to the dealer. So you can save a little bit of money. Find a good independent repair shop. Uh, if you don't know where to find one, if you go to AAA.com/repair, uh, and you can put in say Quincy's zip code, and you'll come up with AAA approved repair shops. Also, look for the ASC certified sign. It's a, a white and blue sign that says. Uh, automotive service excellence on it. That means the technicians in that shop took tests and uh, um, sort of, uh, you know, you, when you go get your hair cut, the barber got a license. So, okay. you know, you might as well, you might as well go, go to a repair shop where they, where they took some tests and did the same thing. So, okay. Uh, gas prices are coming down a little bit, uh, but they're still a little higher here in uh, the Northeast than they are other parts of the country right now. What's going on with those? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, across the country, on average, we're seeing prices 317. Mm. Some parts of the country now, I think there's, I think I counted it the other day, there's, half, there's a dozen or so states that are under $3 a gallon right now. Here in Massachusetts, we're averaging 347. And part of the reason is um, our oil tends to come from, it's European oil. So, um, you know, where a lot of the country gets their oil from West Texas, uh, and Oklahoma, uh, a lot of what we come, what we get is North Sea oil, and that oil is typically a little bit more expensive, which tends to drive the price up a little bit higher. So we always tend to pay a little bit of a premium here. Um, it's a little higher than I would expect it to be, so I would guess we're probably going to see some correction in that price coming up. Uh, the bad thing about uh, seeing gas prices come down 
it might be an indication the economy is not doing as well as it should be. So, you know, that's one of the things where we're, we always have a concern about when we see them dropping it, you know, 10 and 15 cents at a time, uh, that always gets a little bit wary. But you're right. You know, we did see a, a 10 cent drop in gas prices recently, which is which is good. You know, our, you know, could we get to three dollars a gallon by, you know, February? Possibly. OK. All right. Well, the following week, coming up week, is the big holiday travel week. Is AAA forecasting uh, a big travel year this year? We're about on par where we were in 2018. We're just shy of where we were in 2019. Um, 113 million people are going to be going somewhere. I think they're all coming to your house, Joe, actually. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, 113 million. Yeah. 113 million people are traveling and about seven and a half million people are going by air. Okay. And uh, so expect the airports to be crowded. Um, expect the roadways. It's a pretty spread out time frame. Um, it's, it's actually a 10, 10 day time frame between Christmas and New Year's um, with a couple days on each end. Uh, but expect there to be, you know, some congestion here and there. Also at the airports, uh, we've our, we saw it just the other day where um, I think it was Delta canceled a lot of flights because of uh, weather-related issues. Flexibility is the key uh, for air travel right now. Uh, you may find that, uh, you know, everything looks good, and then you get to the airport, and it doesn't look so good. Right. So be flexible. There's, there's less planes flying, which means um, there could be some issues. And the other, the other part of it is some of the discount airlines, which are great to take advantage of, Spirit and Allegiant Frontier, um, they might only fly on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you know if your Tuesday flight gets canceled, you're not probably going to fly until Thursday or the following Tuesday, and your vacation could be over by then. So again, flexibility is the key. Um, I was never a big travel insurance person, but this might be the time. You know, if you're planning a big trip, this might be the time to think about travel yeah. insurance. John, I want to wish you, uh, your colleagues, your family, a very happy, healthy holiday season, and uh, we hope to catch up with you in the new year. Same to you, Joe. Same to all of your viewers as well. Uh, happy, healthy holiday season, and remember, never, ever drink and drive. Thank you very much.